Welcome to the Spirit of Praise broadcast coming to you from Tabernacle of Praise Church International, York, South Carolina. I'm Bishop Alfred Jackson. I'm thankful that you've tuned in today. I pray that the message will bless you and impact your life in a powerful way. Thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the message. to the name of Jesus. Amen. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, thank you for your strength, thank you for your peace it reaches me. Two announcements that I forgot to make. Uh, don't forget next Sunday I'll be ministering at Black Rock Baptist Church at 2 o'clock and I've asked our music ministry and others you can join me at Black Rock um, next Sunday at 2 p.m. And then Friday night is our movie night, dinner and movie night, and we invite you to come out and join. It's a children's movie, uh, but, of course, family will be definitely uh, welcome. You need to be here with your children. Bring some other children with you. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35, it says, So do not throw away your confidence it will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he promised. Uh, I'm lifting this out of this text. I want to talk about remain in faith. Remain in faith or stay, stay in faith or stay in remaining in faith. I talked about, I talk about this a lot. And I just sense the Lord leading me back here this morning to talk about it again um, and just keep this before us as we go from day to day. Father, thank you for, for your word. Thank you for this, for this preaching moment. Thank you for your, uh, your anointing. Thank you for your strength that reaches me now as I stand to minister your word. Release a fresh anointing of your spirit upon me. Give me clarity of thought, clarity of speech. Cause me to communicate effectively your word today so that we're strengthened thereby. Thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do now. Bless the waiting congregation. Feed our souls today. Holy Spirit, have your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Yes. That song we just finished, the praise team just finished ministering, uh, connects with a lot of us because of what we go through from day to day. Is that right? I don't care how long you are a Christian, you're going to go through some trials and tribulations and struggles. Amen. I don't care how much you know in the word, you're going to go through some trials, struggles, tribulations. Amen. Sometimes when it seems like you have it all together, it seems like the devil knows how to throw a curveball 
You've been hitting home runs. And all of a sudden, the devil throws a curveball and you strike and miss. Am I talking to anybody this morning? We're human beings. Amen. Uh, and, and so our faith is what is so important for us. Okay. And striving at every moment to remain in faith uh, is critical. Life is filled with a lot of challenges, a lot of struggles, a lot of difficulties, hurts, pains. Anybody ever been hurt? All kinds of things. And a lot of times we can make it through some of the things that come in our lives uh, because it's like, it's just, you know, it, it, it comes with the territory of being a Christian. You know you're going to go through. Uh, you, you know you're going to have problems. You know the devil is, is, is on the prowl, and he's looking for someone to, to trip up so he can devour us. Yeah. But there are other times uh, when we face particular situations uh, uh, that seem to be uh, the most difficult thing that we've ever faced. I don't know if you've ever been there before, but if you've not, just live a little bit longer. Uh, we're not immune to difficulties. Let no one fool you. Once you become a Christian, you're not immune to difficulties. As a matter of fact, I think we've said this before. Sometimes it's almost like you're walking around with a target on your chest or on your back. And the devil knows how to aim directly at that, at that target. And, 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 and there are times when, 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 when we face some of these severe, the Bible talks about in 2 Corinthians, uh, I think it's chapter 8, it talks about severe trials of affliction. Severe trials of affliction. Uh, it could be it could be for someone the death of a loved one. It could be for somebody else uh, a severe sickness or disease. Uh, it could be for someone else uh, marital issues that are so severe that it ends up in divorce. It could be could be something else for somebody else. It can be very difficult. You know, uh, we face things differently. We can't put. Everybody in the same boat as to how we handle things or how we should handle things. You know, we're not all the same, right? But one thing about believers is that we must always remain in faith. Uh, as 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 a, I wrote a note uh, as as the uh, praise team was ministering, uh, and and the the song says, "You are my strength," and as 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 uh, as they were ministering, this thought dropped in my mind. How to make your strength more effective. God is our strength. But how do we make God being our strength more effective? Because we have a part to play in this. So I don't know, maybe I'll preach that sometime. But, you know, we have to learn how to cooperate with God. Amen. Amen. Not just say that we're cooperating with God, but, but in the moment, we have to learn how to cooperate with God so that our strength then becomes more effective in our lives and we come out victorious in the moment. In the long run, we are victorious. You know, the, 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 the war has been won, but we should be wanting to win battles. I don't know, has anybody been through any battles this week? Can I see some hands? Praise the Lord. Thank God for those of you all who haven't. Today is the first day of a new week. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> In such times, you know, when, when, when we're going through these trials of affliction, we're most vulnerable to the attacks or to the to Satan possibly winning those battles. He, he knows that, that during severely difficult times, he can shoot arrows of doubt at our minds that will wreak havoc in our faith life. 
Because he doesn't want you to have faith in God. He doesn't want you to exercise faith in God. Because when you exercise faith in God, you win. Amen. You win, you know. And so if we aren't careful during, during these severe trials of affliction, uh, the devil will make us think that God has forgotten about us or that God doesn't care or, 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 or that maybe we've committed some unforgivable sin that, that we're being punished for. You know, sometimes the devil wants us to think that God operates like we operate. But God doesn't operate like we operate, you know. He is a merciful God. He, he is a graceful God. Yeah, 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 no, yeah. There, there are consequences for our sins, but God is not a tit-for-tat God, you know. He doesn't kill your cat because you killed his dog. Amen. No, no, yeah. So, so Satan, Satan would do his very best to plant negative thoughts and, and, and erroneous thoughts in our minds in order to pull us out of faith, it's important for us to stay in faith, but the devil doesn't want us to stay in faith because if we stay in faith, he can't win against us. But if he can pull us out of faith, he, 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 will, win, he will win those battles. He'll pull us into fear. He'll pull us into unbelief. And ultimately, his ultimate goal is to pull us to the point that we begin to reject God. Okay? People have rejected God. People have rejected the God of the Bible. People have rejected Jesus. If you reject Jesus, you reject God. We've been talking about the brick, uh, the bricks. And so just in case you don't know what, what that is, the, the black uh, religious identity cults that a lot of people have gotten caught up in. What, what, what caused them, what caused believers? Now, there are unbelievers who got caught up into that because somehow or another we feel like we, some of us believe we have to have a black Jesus in order for us to believe in him. And the Bible never gave us a color of Jesus as he never gives us a color of God. Uh, and, and so you ask, how do believers get pulled out of faith into these groups? And it doesn't have to be those groups. It could be pulled out of true faith in God into uh, the Jehovah Witness cult or to the Mormon cult. You know, how do believers get pulled out, pulled away? Well, Satan has entered in somehow, some way, and, 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 and pulled that person out of true faith in God and pulled them to a place where they're walking in error. So it does not necessarily, this does not necessarily have to deal with you going through a sickness or a disease. It could be something else in your life that, that happens. You know, we live in a very trying time when it comes to relations and people and a, a tumultuous political climate. And it's, you know, in, in the United States of America, and sometimes people who are not rooted in faith don't know how to manage and how to maneuver. And that's not just for, for those of us who, who, who may have a more liberal uh, perspective politically, but even those on the conservative side. Some of them don't know how to maneuver now. You know, I was reading an article yesterday. I think I posted it on my Facebook page last night because it's a good article. And it's good to finally hear a person who calls themselves evangelical to start dealing with what this whole Trumpism thing, you know, and I didn't put it on the church page because I don't want us to be political like that. But, you know, how, how do you allow a person to pull you out of faith in Jesus and true faith in Jesus, you know? And, and, and so this man began to address this. Thank God that, you know, we are Christian. We don't, we don't in, in, in identify ourselves as evangelical, just in case you don't know. You know that, that term uh, has taken on a negative connotation not just starting with Donald Trump, but it really kind of emerged uh, through um, uh, Jerry Falwell and the, and the uh, uh, religious right, that may not be the terminology, but it kind of emerged back during that time, you know, and it began to grow and grow and grow and grow and grow. And so you have people who are moved from biblical faith, you know, and, and one of the things that, that's so critical for us to, to, to do today and to teach today is biblical faith. I understand that, that people interpret the Bible 
differently. But but if you interpret the Bible differently, you got to go back to you got to go back to the original text, and you got to seek to understand the original the original text. And that's that, that there are things that themes that run throughout the scriptures, you know. And 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 so one of the things that this guy was saying in this article, and you can go to my page and, and listen to it today, you know, he was talking about getting back to biblical faith, you know, and and and, and honoring honoring what scripture says, what the Bible says, you know. And all of this deals with coming back into faith. There are variations, you know, just like there are variations of COVID, you know, and there's a new variant that has arisen. You have to be very careful with faith because because there, there, there are some faith that's not, that's not biblical, you know. There are variations of Christianity that call themselves biblical, you know. And there's been variations around. You know, I can go into some other things that maybe I shouldn't just go into today. But when you get into denominationalism and what people believe, you have to really go back and search, search the scriptures to see where we stand, to see where we stand as a, as a church. How many of you have ever read... Uh, some of you have our statement of faith. How many of you know our statement of faith? Well, you can you can find it and you can read it. We need to go over it again, but we know what we believe as a as a congregation of people, and see that it lines up with the with the scriptures. Well, a lot of people don't do that. A lot of people just go to church, and they believe something. You know, if a preacher preaches something this week, they believe it. Uh, after a while, if he switches, then they start believing that. Or they hear something else, and people, and they're getting, they're take, getting taken out of faith. So that when trials of persecution comes, they don't know how to stand. They don't know how to stand. They don't know, they don't know how to stand. And you got to know how to stand. You got to know, you, and you got to, you got to remain in faith. The longer you remain in faith, the stronger your faith, the stronger your faith grows. Um, in the midst of severe trials of of, of affliction. It's imperative that we remain in faith. And, 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 and because this is what we have faith for. We have faith in order to stand. We have faith in order to please God. We have faith in order to honor God. We have faith in order to live victoriously in our lives. In every situation, in every situation, whatever that situation might be, we have faith in order for us to come out on top, to be the winners, amen, to be victorious over the attacks and the attempts of the enemy, amen. If our faith were only for good times, we wouldn't need it. You don't need faith for good times. When your car is full of gas, you can pass by 10 gas stations. You don't even worry about it. You don't think about it. You just keep on going. But when you st- when your car starts getting down to the empty mark, how many of you ever kind of like you know gone past a gas station and if you're traveling and you say, well maybe I'll get to another one soon, and then you start praying, Lord, Lord, give me some fumes, stretch this, and help me make it to the next gas station. That's that that that's the kind of faith you need. That's what faith is here for in difficult times. Because in difficult times, you're trying to make it to the next gas station. In difficult times, you're trying to make it to the to the next point that you experience some victory, that you experience some new strength, that you experience some new uh, uh, vigor in order to go on to the next one. But when things are going well, you just you just live in life. You just live in life. And a lot of people today are just living life because financially things are okay. But let me tell you something. Money is not everything. It's not everything. Your marriage is good. And so you're just living life. That's wonderful. But just keep on living. One of the places that the devil really attacks. Thank you. Who said that? Amen. Because that's a... That is a, we live closest to our spouses. We can get along with you all and see you once a week. But you got to be able to live at home victoriously. You got to have peace at home. And some people just, anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Bill Winston said this. You know who Bill Winston is, some of you. Okay, all right. Google him. Great faith preacher. 
He said this, faith is a servant from God to us, given to do our bidding and to do it to completion. I would say given to do his bidding. Our faith is for us at all times. It's real, it's good, it's vital, it's reliable. Faith is God's servant. So God wants to accomplish something in us. And faith is the servant of God in our lives to help God accomplish what he wants to accomplish in us. Without faith, it is what? M. Mm. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. So if I'm not pleasing him, I'm not serving him. I got I to gotta please him. So in, in, in order for me to please God, I must have faith, and I must stay in faith. Anytime I step out of faith, I'm stepping out of the place of pleasing God. I may please somebody else, but I'm not pleasing God. And we know that God responds, God responds to faith. Jesus said on one occasion, I think it's in Mark chapter 11, I believe it is, have faith in God. Have faith in God. Yeah. You know, when I, when, I, when, I, when I read this years ago, have faith in God is different from getting faith. Okay. When I'm going through, I don't need to be getting faith. I need to already have it. Now, we're talking to believers now. We're talking to people who, has, who, are, who have committed their lives to Jesus, amen, who are part of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. Even though your faith is growing, it, it started with hearing and believing, getting into faith, and now I stay in the faith. So have faith in God. He's looking at his disciples, and, 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 and you know, he curses that, that victory, and they are amazed. And him cursing the fig tree, and the next morning they come back and it's already with it. He said, have faith in God. Sometimes you, you think it's going to take a long time for this thing to happen. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. So have it. So when the need arises, you're not looking for it. Amen? When the need arises, you're not searching somewhere. You're not calling something. Now, I don't mean this in a negative sense, but here's the way I'm saying. You're not calling somebody, asking them to, you know, give you a word so that you can believe God. You already believe him. You already have it. You're already strong in the Lord. You just reached a rough spot. So at that rough spot, you need to have faith in God. Every day we're to have faith in God. It's how we live. The just do what? Live by faith every day. I don't have to see the money in my bank account to know that God will supply my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Amen. I live that way, trusting, knowing, and believing. Amen. Yeah, so having faith means I have it now. I'm operating in faith now, even in the midst of difficulties, in the midst of trials. Amen. I am operating in faith in the midst of severe trials of affliction. I am operating, you are operating in faith. Don't find yourself in a situation where you're trying to find faith. Have faith in God. And remain in that faith in God. Hebrews says, I like the way the King James, you know, because we grew up on King James, isn't that right out of high school? <laughs> faith has recompense of great reward. It has the promise of great reward. If I don't, he says, don't throw away your confidence. Whatever you're going through in your life, don't throw away your confidence in God. Don't look for something else. Don't look for some help somewhere else. Keep your confidence, keep your faith in God because it has the promise of great reward. Yeah. The writer of Hebrews is, is, is encouraging the believers, he's encouraging the believers here, you know, to remain in their faith, to persevere in their faith in God. And it talks to them about certain things that they should do. I don't want to go through all of that, but, but, but the point that we're making right here is that we are to remain in faith in God. 
Don't throw away that, that confidence. Yeah. It says, you need to persevere so that when you've done the will of God, you will receive what he promised you. Can someone say, I will receive? If I have faith in God, if I'm going through trials of affliction and I, and I remain in faith in God. Now here, it's, it, it reaches forward, amen, to, to, to the promise of eternal life. But we can apply that in any situation in life. If I remain in faith in God, I will receive, I will receive what he promised. Now I need to know what he promised. Okay, I'll come to that in a moment. But 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 I I must know that if I remain in faith in God, there's going to come a point where I'm going to receive. God is going to pour out His blessings. God is going to answer. God is going to honor the faith that I am remaining in. And sometimes it can be difficult. What happened with the Hebrew boys? They were what? Thrown into the fire. But they had faith, and they received the promise. The Lord protected them in the fire. So you don't want to go through anything. We don't. No, you didn't sign up for it. But stop kicking and stop screaming and kicking because you're in it. Just watch the Lord. Watch the Lord preserve you from the fire. They came out. There was not the smell of smoke on their clothes. That's where the testimony is. The testimony is on the other side of the trial. As you remain in faith, Daniel was thrown into the lion's den. All right? But the Lord closed the lion's mouth. He did. He did. The Hebrew people, the Jewish people went into exile, but God preserved the remnant of the people who did not deny their faith. And some of them denied their faith. As a lot of times we do when we're going through, we just kind of like, whatever, you know, but we can't do that. Hebrews said, don't throw away your confidence. Don't throw away your faith in God. It will be richly rewarded. So you need to persevere so that when you've done the will of God, you will receive what he promised. Now, now, the will of God, the will of God is that you persevere in your trial of affliction. That is God's will, amen, for you. It is not his will that you buckle. It is not his will that you fall. It is not his will that you give in to the pressure. Keep your confidence. So how do we remain in faith? How do we? Well, this is what the Lord gave me. There may be... The Lord might give you some other ways. So I'm not saying the Lord doesn't speak to you, but this is what the Lord gave me for you this morning. Something that we already know. If you're going to remain in faith, you need to know God. You need to know God. Not just know about him, but you need to know him. You got to know God. All right? So when we talk about this knowledge, it is an, it is an intimate knowledge of God. Now you Google, if you will, if you, like, if you like the internet, Google, ask, ask Siri. Siri, what does the Bible say about us knowing God? Or ask, ask say this, say, Siri, you don't have to say it. Okay. <laughs> so, Siri, does the Bible teach us to know God? And then find the scriptures, all right? Find the scriptures. But because the Bible teaches, the only way I am going to have faith in God is to know him. And not know about him, but to know him personally. All right. First Peter. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go over some scriptures with you. First Peter chapter one. And I, I, I'm gonna share this. It might be Second Peter. It's Second Peter chapter one. Now, now this is for the believer. His divine power has given us everything we need for for a godly life through our knowledge, through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. So I've been saved now. Holy Spirit lives in me, and he has given me everything I need, everything I need, all right? But it comes through our knowledge, through knowing him, 
I got to know him. Verse 5 says, for this reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness what? Knowledge. I've got to know him. I've got to know him. I've got to know, yes, about him, but I must know him. So how do I add to my faith knowing God? I spend time in his presence. We, we just talked about, and the scripture talks about this. I think I mentioned it last week in the message, that we are being transformed as, as we behold his face. As we behold his face. So that means as, as I'm in his presence, as I, as I, am, as I am intently looking at him, as I am intently in his word, getting to know about him and, 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 and asking to be transformed as I see him, I am being transformed into his image from glory to glory, into his glorious image. You know, so I've got to know him. We've got to know him. It's, it's okay to study the Bible. We should. We must. I shouldn't say it's okay. It's right. But our intent for studying the Bible is not head knowledge. Our intent for studying the Bible, a real part of that, is knowing Jesus. Now, if I know him, then I know how he responds in situations, which means that I know how I should respond in different situations. And the more I respond the way he responds in different situations and see what he does as I respond, the the more real he is to me. Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10. I hope you're writing these scriptures down. You go back and read them. Verse 10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. And knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. You know, we look at situations in the world today. People talk about God, you know, but they don't have understanding. We see the questions that people have in life. There's no understanding of God and his ways. Knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 24. Hmm. Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 24 says, But let the one who boasts boast about this, that they have understanding to know me. It starts off, this is what the Lord says. Let not the wise boast of their wisdom, or the strong boast of their strength, or the rich boast of their riches. But let the one who boasts about this, that they have knowledge, that they have the understanding to know me, that I am the Lord who exercises kindness and justice and righteousness on earth, for in these I delight, declares the Lord. So if I'm, if I'm, if I'm going to boast about anything, of course, he's talking to the Jewish people. If they're going to boast about anything, those who are knowledgeable, those who are scholars, boast that you know me, he says. We must know him. And Daniel chapter 11, verse 32, the second part of that says, those who know their God shall do exploits. Some scriptures say, some translations say, shall do great exploits. So if I'm going through the exploit that I need to do, the thing that I need to do that becomes an exploit to me is to remain in faith. And I do that because I know God. Amen. I know God. There's a purpose in my knowing God because God has a plan for my life. God has a destiny laid out for me. There are things that I must fulfill. I cannot do that without knowing him and remaining in faith in him. I can't do it. So I need to know God. Part of knowing God, a part of knowing God is saturating ourselves with the word of God daily. Saturation. Not just getting tidbits saturating yourself in the Word of God. Saturating. You know what saturate means. It means to wet completely. Yeah. Wet completely. Yeah. Uh, with, with God's Word every day. You know, I often use this example because it's a great example about believers. The early church searched the Scriptures how often? They searched the Scriptures daily. They didn't just pick up a passage and read it, but they searched. Do you know what it means to search? It means to dig. It means to move things around. You know, you're looking for something. The, the, the woman with the lost coin in the Scripture, she searched for that coin. 
So what does she have to do? She has to move furniture around. She has to look under things. So searching the scriptures mean that I'm just going to do more than a surface reading. So I'm taking notes of what Bishop preached about on Sunday, and I'm going to go back and search the scripture to see if what he told me was the truth. Search. It takes time to search. It takes time to search. We're busy people. It takes time to search. In the midst of our business, it takes time to search. So I'll saturate, I'll saturate myself with the word of God. John 6, John 6 and 33 reads like this. 6 and 63. John 6 and 63 says this. The spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I've spoken to you, they are full of the spirit and life. One translation says the word of God is spirit and it is life. So I'm going to saturate myself with his word because I need his spirit and I need the life that he gives. So I saturate myself. I'm not going to find this life that the Lord gives me by searching for by, 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 by watching television all of the time, by, by learning all of the secular music, I'm going to find the life that God wants to give to me by saturating myself in his word. His word ministers life. His word ministers life. And, of course, we know Romans 12 and 2, amen, that, 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 that says that, that we are uh, not to be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. So as I'm being saturated by the Word of God, the Word of God is renewing my mind. And I need my mind renewed. You need your mind renewed. Just think about what you face on your jobs. Just think about what you face every day. All of that is fighting against your mind. And God wants you to live with a renewed mind. Yeah. And as I saturate, as I saturate myself with the word of the Lord, oh, a real part of this too is, is, is being around people of faith. Mm. I'm not talking about just being around church members. There's a big difference. I'm talking about being around people of faith, people who will speak faith to you in your situation, in your circumstances, people who know how to have fun without being carnal. You understand what I mean? Because you really can have fun in life and not be carnal. Does anybody understand what I'm talking about? So I need to be constantly my spirit man needs to be constantly being fed by the word of the Lord. So I don't have to talk about ungodly things to have fun. All right? I don't have to talk about people to, to have something to talk about. You understand what I mean? Yeah, yeah. The Bible says that, 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 that we are to speak to ourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, making melody in our hearts unto the Lord. I know, I know, I know people say, well, you mean tell me I'm supposed to walk around and all the time say, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I'm supposed to walk around and say, you are my strength. Yep. So you don't have to say you are my strength, but when you're having a conversation, you can say, the Lord is my strength. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. You, 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 can, you, can, you can have conversations that build people up, and at the same time, it's going to build you up. But every time you speak the word of God to somebody else, it builds you up. Y'all still in the, in, in the house? And then, you know, naturally, the thing that naturally flows from this is that we act out our faith in the midst of what we're going through. Yeah. Paul says about uh, 
the, the Corinthian, about the Macedonian believers, that in the midst of a severe trial of affliction, meaning that they were suffering, they were going through, but the saints in Jerusalem were being persecuted, and they were having a really difficult time. But in the midst of the Macedonian believers' great trial of affliction, they gave. They gave. He says, and now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian church. Wow. So, so when I'm able, and how am I able? By Holy Spirit. When I'm going through a great trial of affliction, and I remain in faith, there's a grace that, part, that God pours out on my life. Are you hearing me? See, I'm not talking about us doing this in our own strength because we will never do this in our own strength. Paul recognized that God did something for the Macedonian Christians, and if God did it for them, God will do it for us. He says, uh, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. Wow, two contradictory things. Their, their overflowing joy. Mm. Who is your strength? What is your strength? What is your strength? What is your strength? The joy of the Lord is my strength. So, 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 God's joy poured out in my life is my strength. It doesn't mean that I'm not going through. It doesn't mean that I'm not being afflicted. It doesn't mean that sickness is not in my body. It just means that God has graced me and he's pouring out his joy in my life. And it can be an overflowing joy. Their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty. Great trial of affliction. They gave. They didn't wait until things got better. So what we have to learn, if we're going to stay in faith, is that in the midst of what we're going through, we continue to minister. In the midst of problems in our lives, we continue to minister. In the midst of financial difficulties, we continue to minister. On our sick beds, we continue to minister. We can't allow the devil to pull us into a dark hole where there's no faith in God anymore. Well, we're looking up and saying, why me, God? You need to say, God, I understand. I trust you. Why not me? Now, I really do thank the Lord for some of the old songs we used to sing. Now, I used to always switch this one. They say, if Job had to suffer, what, what about, y'all didn't hear the song? You don't remember? <laughs> the Lord wiped that clean. <laughs> this is how we switch that. If Jesus had to suffer, what about me? What about me? Consider him who endured such great Affliction against himself. You've not yet resisted under blood, striving against sin. Yeah, yeah. So when I think about what Jesus went through and what I may be going through, and this is how it helped me act on the word of the Lord and confessing that word, I'll think about if he had to do it, nobody has shot me. Nobody has cut me. I'm not shedding blood. I didn't wear a crown of thorns. They didn't pierce me in my side. They didn't nail me to a cross. Oh, people may, be talk, may talk about how people talked about him so bad and how they tried to crucify him, you know, and it was like nailing him to the cross. Let me tell you something. Be, like being nailed to the cross is different from being nailed to the cross. You have not resisted unto blood striving against sin. So act. I've got to put my faith into action. If I'm going to stay in faith, I've got to act. If I sin, I repent and get back in faith. 
If I say the wrong things, I repent, get back in faith and say the right thing. If I mistreat someone, I apologize, get back in faith. Act on my faith. I don't let the sun go down on my wrath. No, 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 I got time for that. I need to stay in faith. Are you understanding? Yeah, 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 yeah. We see this example in the scriptures. If I'm going to remain in faith, that part of me remaining in faith is in my trial of affliction. I've got to act. Got to act. I've got to do the work of ministry. Got to do the work of ministry. Excuse me. Our faith, our faith has the promise of a great reward. We may not see it while we're going through. But the promise is there, and God is not a man that he should lie, nor is he a son of man that he should repent. What God said, God will perform, but we've got to believe him, and we've got to wait on him. They that wait upon the Lord shall do what? Hallelujah. Do you need strength renewed today? You may be going through some affliction. Do you need strength today? You've got to wait on God. You may say, Bishop, I know everything you're talking about, but you're at the point that you've got to wait on God. You don't see a way through. You don't see a way out. Everything looks dismal, but wait on God. Some things you're not supposed to see. You're supposed to trust. Yeah. Faith says, I don't have to see everything. I just got to trust God. I've got to trust God. Hallelujah. It may take God five years. i got to trust God. It may take God ten years. I've got to trust God. Are you understanding what I'm talking about? Amen. I don't put a time frame on him. God, you know when the right time is to move. And I found out that when God moves, he always moves in time. I've got to stay in faith. I can't, I can't get out of faith. I can't lose faith in God. I can't step outside of faith. Got to stay there. Can't just talk this. Got to live this. Got to live it. It's easy to talk this. There's something different to live it. Stay in faith. Let's stand. Father, thank you for the word. Thank you for the power of your word. Thank you that when your word goes forth, it does not return to you void, but it accomplishes all that you desire. Thank you that you prosper your word in the things you sent your word to. Thank you, Lord, for sending your word to us today. Thank you for what your word will accomplish in our lives. It's in the mighty and miraculous name of Jesus that we pray. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Now maybe there's someone this morning, probably you've been encouraged by the word of the Lord. There may be somebody who needs to rededicate your life to the Lord or someone who needs to come to Christ. And give your life to him. You're watching us online today, or if you're in the sanctuary, you watch, you're, you're paying attention to the word of the Lord. Stand in faith can't happen until you start in faith. Until you know Jesus as Savior and Lord, and you've committed your life to him. That's the starting point. When you get in faith, and every day you live, we work to stay in faith. Not just saying, I believe that Jesus died for my sins, but living out that belief in your words, in your actions, in the way you carry yourself. Being really, really being sensitive to Holy Spirit and what he does in your life and how he speaks to you and how he leads you in the things that he wants to lead you in and to. It starts with knowing Jesus as Savior and Lord. So if you've never confessed Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you like to do so, so I look out on the congregation, everybody here today has, but maybe somebody needs to rededicate your life. But if you are watching us online, Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank God. And you want to rededicate your life to the Lord or you want to come to the Lord, we want to ask you to 
pray this prayer with us. And we thank God for our sisters who come forth. I'll be down in just a moment. For the prayer of faith, if you've never received Jesus as Savior and Lord, we want to give you that opportunity to confess Christ now, to come to Christ in faith now. He honors faith. He honors faith. Pray this prayer with me. If you want Jesus to come into your life, to save you from your sin, to be your Savior and to be your Lord, join me in this prayer. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I cannot save myself. But I believe that you died on the cross to satisfy God's righteous requirement of his law so that I could be saved. Thank you, Jesus. I accept that sacrifice that you made for me on the cross. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Save me. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. Receive you now. Thank you for saving me. It's in the mighty name of Jesus that I pray. Amen. I pray that you've been blessed by the message. And if you have, write to us. Let us know how this message has impacted your life. Or if you've made a decision for Christ today to follow Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, write to us and let us know that as well and give us your information so that we can follow up with you. You may write to us at Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. That's Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. Give us your email address or a way to contact you so that we can follow up with you. Also, we would like for you to sow into this ministry. If you've been blessed by this work, by the preaching of the gospel and the teaching of the gospel, and you would like to help further this cause, we're not just preaching here in the United States. We are preaching around the world. Through this podcast, our messages are being heard in many places around the world. We are actively working in eight countries in the world on the ground in Liberia, Malawi, Burkina Faso, Ghana, Guinea, uh, Kenya, and Dominican Republic. So if you'd like to help us in this work, feel free to sow a seed to help further the preaching and teaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the expanding of the kingdom of God. If you would like to give, go to topraise.org forward slash give. Again, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Continue to pray with us and for us as we continue to spread this gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. God bless you.